0: Pastor Alan Descheneaux, and welcome to the fifth episode of Of Interest. Today is July 27th, 2020, and I'm back from my break. And this week, I'm going to be sharing an interesting article about the Spanish flu, an interesting resource about my all-time favorite blogger, and then we'll be continuing our interesting study of John Bunyan's classic, Pilgrim's Progress. Well, I'm glad to be back from my little holiday, which actually wasn't really a much of a holiday. I spent the whole time staying up way too late, setting up my new little side businesses of 3D printing and dice making. Essentially, I'm trying to turn my hobbies into a source of income. So I needed a real workspace to get some more equipment, to, to you know, get a few extra materials so I can really make a go of it. It's been awesome. And I've seen God blessing me a lot in that endeavor as, as things really start to settle into place. And I was able to get a lot of equipment for a much better price than ever I ever thought it would. In fact, I haven't spent a dime of my own money on the business. I've only used the somewhat admittedly meager proceeds from the few sales I've already done. I'm actually really enjoying it. Pastors don't really get to see a lot of their work manifested into something they can look at. Our work is relational, spiritual, teaching, all that kind of stuff. So sitting down and making something for eight hours and then being able to hold it in my hands is actually a real treat. If you want to check out what I'm doing, look me up at Al's 3D Printer on Instagram and Facebook. Even if you don't care about 3D printing or dice games, the pictures are actually really nice. By the way, I'm super sorry that I messed up the recording of the sermon on Sunday. Totally my fault for not changing the batteries in the wireless microphone. I'll try not to let it happen again. And also, by the way, I'm going to start dropping these podcasts on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays because then the sermon and this won't come back to back. All right, on with the show. This week's interesting article is from Think Theology, was written by Christine Nethers, and is entitled, We've Been Here Before, Lessons from the Church's Response to the Spanish Flu of 1918-1919. to I love her first line, Unprecedented will likely be the Merriam-Webster Dictionary Word of the Year for 2020. How true is that? I've kind of avoided talking about the whole COVID pandemic crisis on this podcast, because everyone else is covering it to death, and most people are really sick of it. I know I am. But the topic... Today is somewhat tangential, so I figured I'd I'd take a good look at it. The whole article is basically telling everyone who reads it to stop thinking that this generation is the only one that's ever existed in the history of the world. Every day for the past, like what, seven months, we've heard that we're living in unprecedented times. That is such malarkey. And I don't drop the M word for anything, you know. Modern Western societies have faced this kind of stuff before, and it's amazing how similarly people reacted. As a sidebar. Have you been following the drama surrounding John MacArthur's Grace Community Church in California? When the pandemic started, they closed their churches like everyone else. And But as the weeks and months wore on, more people started kind of making their way back into the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. Uninvited, unbidden, and they just didn't stop them from coming in. Until they decided a few weeks ago to resume services. They basically told everyone, listen, if you want to come, come. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you want a social distance, go ahead. But we're not going to enforce anything. Just use your best judgment. They're not having potlucks, they're not doing extra classes or any of that kind of stuff, they're just holding Sunday services. MacArthur, in one of his sermons a while back, gave some reasoning for all this, citing statistics and government overreach and research and all kinds of stuff, and actually the laws of the land. And they were well within their rights to do this, but wow, a lot of people have been freaking out on them. I mean, it is California after all. In fact, the Los Angeles County has tried to get a restraining order against the church four times in the past couple weeks, and judges keep shooting them down because they're not actually doing anything illegal. They're trying to get them fined for tens of thousands of dollars, shut down the church, and now, as September starts, shut down the seminary too, which again is only doing the bare necessity of in-person like classes, and people are absolutely going nuts. They're freaking out. It's all very ridiculous, especially from an American sort of freedom standpoint. But I digress. The article covers point by point twelve similarities between the Spanish flu pandemic a hundred years ago and today. And that John MacArthur thing—it's absolutely—it's like reading the news from back then. So this is the article's written from a church perspective, but it's actually quite fascinating and personal. I've been through a lot of this. So first, in both pandemics, then and now, most churches shut down. Well, some defied the orders to close. That's not different. Second, churches came up with ways to worship at home. We did streaming services. They had sermon notes and hymns printed in newspapers. Can you imagine that today? Sermon notes and hymns printed in newspapers so people can do church at home. Crazy. Third, the new technology was quickly adapted and adopted for connecting people. For them, it was the telephone. Started getting popular in about 1910. And for us, it's Zoom. I'll skip a couple and leave them to you, but some of the others are actually pretty interesting. Number seven was that a bunch of people were predicting the end times were upon them, and they were all flipping out because people were getting sick. That's ugh. Every time anything happens, somebody says it's the end of the world. And number 10, which is funny. Church leaders were all arguing about how and when to reopen. And the whole bunch of the ch- people in the church and government and everyone was grumbling and complaining and pressuring the pastors both ways. Some wanted them to stay closed. Some wanted them to open right away. That definitely hasn't changed. i faced that myself. So I'll leave the rest of the article to you. But I think it's super interesting to look at history and realize that, as Solomon said, there really is nothing new under the sun. In each of these podcasts, I want to bring you an interesting resource, you know, something that'll give you the tools and inspiration you need to pursue a deeper, consistent, and more meaningful relationship with God. This week's interesting resource is a blog site that has been going on for a very long time now. He's really one of the OGs of Christian bloggers, challies.com. He's literally been blogging every day for about 20 years. Tim Chalice does book reviews, he shares articles, he writes his own articles, he makes cool posters, he travels around the world making neat video curriculum, he does conference speaking on how technology interacts with morality. I mean this guy is amazing and he's everywhere and he's also super humble. I met him in person once at a men's retreat, and I've emailed him a couple times. He's a good guy. Even He even looked over my first book for me and told me that it needed a lot of editing, but at least he looked at it and got back to me. His website, challys.com, and Tim himself, is a super valuable resource, and I highly recommend following him. Or, if you're looking for some topic or a movie or a resource or whatever and you want to know about it, just punch it into the search bar on his site, because I can almost guarantee he's covered it. Last part of these podcasts is an interesting study on the classic book Pilgrim's Progress from John Bunyan. Remember there's a link to the book for free on my blog or just google Pilgrim's Progress desiring God and you'll go straight to it. And don't worry about being behind, we're going super slow and we haven't even gotten to the end of the foreword yet. Today we're going to look at a section entitled Suffering Normal and Essential. It always amazes me when we read stuff like that. It's it's, you know, why would we want to talk about suffering? Well, in truth It's because that's God's normal school for how he creates loving, kind, sensitive, helpful, gracious, faithful, obedient people. It's true. The school of suffering is where that comes from, which is kind of counterintuitive. You'd think that the way to create people that believe in you, that trust you, that love you, that share your love with others would be to bless their socks off, remove all their obstacles, give them whatever they want, gild their entire existence. But it's the opposite you know what happens to people who are treated that way? We have a word for it. Spoiled. Humanity, on a spiritual, relational, emotional, personal level, does not respond well to the easy road. In fact, it tends to corrupt us. Somehow, we're built to grow most when things are the toughest. Our faith gets stronger, our friendships grow deeper, our skills get sharper, and our maturity develops in myriad ways that we couldn't have if things were easy. John Bunyan is no exception to this rule, which is why we have this preface part of his biography kind of jammed in there. We're reminded, before we get into the real meat of Bunyan's story, that trouble and tribulation are normal in this world, that wolves and lions really do prowl, seeking to devour us, and that the normal course of Christian discipleship is one of difficulty and trial, persecution, and potentially martyrdom at the hands of non-Christians even at the hands of the people that we've served and loved, just like it was for Jesus. And we're reminded that Bunyan's life shows what happens when trials and tribulations do the work of tilling up that hard, rocky soil of our heart and preparing it for what God wants to plant there. Because, as we will learn in the next sections, it was many, many, many difficulties of his life that led to his deep love for Jesus, his trust of God, his love for the church, his, his desperation for knowing the Bible, and what led to writing the greatest book, maybe the greatest book of all time. Next week we're going to cover four sections, from The Times in the Redwoods to Precious Books Came with His Wife. We'll get good old Johnny married and saved by next week before we launch into the real meat of his story. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you heard something interesting. Remember that you can find all the links for the things I talked about on the website. I want this to be interactive so send me your comments, questions, other ideas for interesting things that you've found either via artofthechristianninja.com or through social media. All the links and a bunch of other good stuff like free books are on the website. If you appreciated this podcast please consider sharing it with your friends and maybe supporting my work financially through a monthly Patreon donation. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.